Welcome to this week's Sharks Only edition of the Fins Up podcast. After a very long 24 hours, and I missed you lots, I'm your host, Salo Dan, and I am joined by Terry, who is looking good once again. Mate, what's happened in the last 24 hours? Anything exciting? Uh, no, not really. Um, as I said, uh, we gave the exclusive that I, um, I broke my foot, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm resting up in a sort of air cast at the moment. Looks too good, so I have to come around there and sign that. Yeah, please do. Oh, see if we can get a few signatures from the boys on there too. Mate, oh, yeah. did speaking, you... Speaking of signatures, I'd love a uh, Toby Rudolph signature on it. It would be good. That's what I was um, I was leaving, but you weren't biting, so I thought I'd move on. But, dude, do we talk? <laughs> do we talk that or...? We do talk that. Um, look, uh, well, before before we get into the, the game, obviously we know now um, stories are coming out that uh, Toby Rudolph has agreed a one-year deal. Um, it's a it's a nice exclusive to us at the moment, um, but he has agreed a one year deal to stay with the Sharks. Um, basically, the purpose of the one year deal, I know people are going to ask us about it, um, is it just positions our cap better for twenty twenty two, and obviously the NRL don't allow backdated contracts. So Toby signed for a modest amount um, with the agreement that uh, he will get his dues in twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. Like uh, Talakai, in the same same kind of agreement with him. So it's all it's a smart way to uh, to make sure that you can balance your books. It's fantastic. That's the news we wanted to hear. Toby's a uh, good friend of the podcast. Fantastic mm-hmm. player, worth every cent, whatever we spent on him. Love the fact that he's going to get paid because next year he's going to go hopefully to another level and then be mm-hmm. worth double and sign for double and then you know come on the podcast and celebrate a premiership. Yeah, and the uh, the other bit of news as well is uh, Sione Katoa has uh, extended for three years, um, which is just absolutely massive. He's probably gone from I think last year I was ready to say NRL scrap heap to you know form winger of the competition at the moment. He's fantastic. Another good one. That's all the young kids sign now. So the nucleus of our side moving forward. Apart from Braden Trindle, I knew you were going to bring that up. Very painful which will lead me to my what I had written down here. I cannot believe that Sharks fans are still telling me that Chad Townsend is a better option than Trindle. Possibly, possibly I can cop them saying this year, because we're going to play finals now, it's pretty much guaranteed. Okay, you're going to finals with an experienced halfback. But from next year on, Chad Townsend is not our number seven. I don't think that's an exclusive to anyone. It has to be Trindle. He was so good on the weekend. Yeah, look, I, I, I kind of agree with the sentiment that if you've got Sean Johnson firing this year, then probably with the combination that he has with Chad, you need to see it in the finals. It's not as if we're going to do much damage in the finals anyway, although we could. We've, we've got the squad to do it, but I just don't think there's the belief there. Um, but definitely, if you're talking 2021 and onwards, it has to be Braden Trindle that is the halfback. He has got... So much attacking flair. He's quick. He's strong. He loves taking the he loves taking the line on. He, you know, defense. I don't have a problem with his defense. Um, I know people are taking the piss out of him because he got run over by Billy Army Kicker. Big fucking deal. Um, he put his body on the line for it. You know, he's 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 not shying away from contact. He seems to read the defense a hell of a lot better. Um, and I think that he is the the absolute person that can even take Sean Johnson's game to the next level. 
because I, I know I know Chad has played his part in in Sean Johnson's form at the moment, but Trindle, you know, with his with his unpredictability and the way that he can play football, you could see Sean Johnson have an absolutely outstanding year. Bingo! And have you noticed that since Chad's left the team, Wade Graham's output has improved, and his missed tackles have come way down. Wonder why? Yeah, I. You know, I, I've noticed that when Chad went out and Dugan came back in, that left edge is sorted. It is sorted, and you don't have a bloke Fuck not... Ronaldo. Fuck me. Look, he's got he's got an error in him. He'll, hopefully, we don't see one this weekend. Wade Graham's been heats better the last few weeks. He doesn't get the stupid here-go ball from Chad anymore, and he's not trying to defend in two positions. So I think the left side is settled now. Obviously, Ronaldo's still got a... Uh, an error or two, we'll leave it at that. But uh, Trindle for me, mate, you got over 50% of the vote this week in the players, in the fans. Not that they always get it right, because they said Chad was our best player last year and it was Morrison Dugan by an absolute mile. But, uh, yeah, surely he's in a discussion now. It's, it's really funny when you have a look at the online poll as opposed to our forum polls, because... This week, it looks like on Sharks Forever, Will Kennedy ran away with the man of the match. And that's who I actually voted for on uh, the Sharks poll. And I had Will Kennedy as our man of the match as well. As well. But on League Unlimited, um, it was Talakai who got the man of the match. It really depends what you're looking for, isn't it? They were our best three. I think that's pretty uh, pretty unanimous. Yeah, I, uh, I, I had it. I had it a little bit different. I think, I think from memory, I put Kennedy, Rudolph, and Talakai. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think I think that was my three-two-one that I voted. But um, yeah, look, certainly I thought Trindle was outstanding. He was the better half. So let's get into the game now. The Sharks twenty-eight, uh, the Cowboys twelve. We weren't we weren't really troubled. Um, the Cowboys scored off to Ronaldo Molotalo, not trusting Josh Dugan moments. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't really offer much, even with Michael when Michael Morgan was on the field, as opposed to when he wasn't. Um, that ball came from Scott Drinkwater, and it was a peach of a pass as well. Um, but yeah, the, that Cowboys team doesn't offer much, and Cronulla, with a rookie halves pairing, just went through the motions. They did go through the motions. I know the uh, Cowboys scored first, and they scored last. we really got to stop conceding that first try, because good teams can run away with it if they get one or two ahead early. I, I was at the game, we were on the hill, it was a really, really good night. 2,000 people there, sounded like three or four, you know, 5,000, it was a really good crowd. Uh, we'll talk about the Sharks first, then we'll talk about everyone's favourite ex-player, Valentine Holmes. Kennedy, amazing. Talakai, amazing. Trindle, amazing. They were my best three. Toby, I just, I expect him to be amazing now, so that's, that's no surprise. In terms of being there live, couldn't name a bad player. We did notice Ronaldo got caught out on the first one. Didn't see it on the second because it was a long, long way away. Overall, I was pretty happy and it was a uh, was a good night. And again, we beat a shit team without really getting troubled. That's where we're at right now. We're better than the shit teams and we're shitter than the better teams. So eighth position, pretty much locked in now. Yeah, look, I, just before I go on to that, I think what you said about Toby Rudolph is absolutely correct. We just expect him to turn up and, and do his job now. Yep, 7, 8 and, out of 10 every week. Yeah, and, and you know, he had 160 metres and I think he missed two tackles on the weekend. No errors again. You know, he's very limited on his errors. Didn't give away a penalty. Look, 
any other day he's probably in in your top three votes consistently. But it's it's as you said, you know, I, I think it was against the Eels where he he only ran for 107 meters, and people said, well, you know, maybe he's getting second year syndrome early or whatever. Pull your fucking head in, mate. You, you're allowed a down game, like yeah. It's it's he's he's a he's a victim of how good he was so quickly getting into first grade. Yeah, you're right. Definitely right. Uh, Braley too kicked 40 20. Yeah. Had another. He is the best. I mean, he and Harry Grant are the two best young hookers in the game. I think they're both pulled away from Reed Marnie or whatever his name is now, and a few others. Well, Brandon Smith's in that conversation as well. Yeah, but he's been playing for so many years. I don't think he really counts. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, look, yeah, look I, I think in terms of you know someone someone nailed it today when I said you know how is Blake Braley not in the same conversation as Harry Grant? It's because he doesn't have a running game at the moment. Like he engages markers, but he doesn't look to completely make that break. He always looks for his support, but his kicking game, his service, his defence. Yeah, we made the right decision on him. We did. It was a uh, it was a simple decision judging by what yeah. we saw, but it's not often we do make the right decision. So mm. I'm very, very happy. He He's a freak, and he's such a good kid too. He's not the bloke that you see at Norley's every week or Karen Bar, um Hotel like a certain other half we may or may not have on the books. Mm. Um, and, and another player who just continues to surprise week in, week out, Talakai. Man, that guy is an absolute unit. For, for me, he has to win the bench player of the, the year. He's a freak. We said last year, because he had that real good year for Newtown, we said we got to get him in our books because he was a Newtown player. He had a few games, I think at centre from memory for South. No one could have seen this come. No, no. He, at the beginning of the year, he and Royce Hunt didn't even get close to the best 17 players for, for mine. Um, he came off the bench, 175 metres, scored a try, nine tackle busts. Yeah, nine tackle bus in fifty minutes. Um, had had that yeah, as I said, had the nice drive, but he played second row, he played centre, he played in the middle. Like the guy, the guy is just. You, if you ask him to do a job, he's done it. He's played left centre, he's played right centre, he's played left edge, he's played right edge, he's played lock, he's played prop. He's he's absolutely just, you know, you know, hats off to him because. There was that article where he said that he was going to go and be a bin collector for Botany Bay Council, and now he is one of the most improved players and one of the most important players to this Cronulla team moving forward. He's collecting bodies in attack and defence. He, value-wise, he's the best signing of the season. Yeah. He and Royce Hunt, you know. Yeah. It, it's, it's really not fair that Royce Hunt, Toby Rudolph, and Talakai paid eighty-five grand this year. When Matt Moylan's collecting nine hundred thousand dollars, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But that's no, that's where that's where teams win competitions based on their yes. squad. You got to make those sorts of signings, and we got we got three of the best. And I don't think I think it's fair to say that Royce Hunt's really surprised a lot, yourself and myself included. Talakai, we called last year, saying yeah. he was very good for Newtown, but the step up, as Billy Magulius has found, is humongous. And we we've been we've been talking about Toby for a long, long time, so that that's nothing to surprise. But uh, very very happy, and I do have to be because um, we did put the boot in a few weeks ago. Britton Nakora, I think he had his best game in a long time on return. And, and there was there's there's two players I want to single out for this, but Britton Nakora's passing game 
really, really impressed me. Like he made when when he got through that that hole from Trindle, and he he made the early pass to, uh, to Talakai. That pass there, if he holds that any longer, we don't score that try. He gives it to Talakai, puts Talakai in the space with the momentum that was always going to be try time. I kind of would have liked him to pass the ball to Big Sexy to go out right in the, uh, in the try scoring, but I'm, I, you know what? It made up for it because Talakai got up and put the fins up. He certainly did. Shout out to us, absolutely. But then the Nakora as well cut back in field, and he was the one that put Kennedy through the hole for the Connor Tracy try. Absolutely. Fantastic game. Nakora didn't miss a tackle on the weekend either. Came hey, in and shored that right edge right up. That's fantastic because we, we were calling for him to be dropped. And his form <laughs> warranted being dropped, especially with Talakai. <laughs> and he's, he's reacted in a good way. I know he and his, uh, his missus have had a, a child recently, so maybe that's really put him on the front foot. But his good games have been running the lines off Johnson. No Sean Johnson this week. And I think he showed more this week than I've seen since... Probably that game he played for New Zealand, to be totally honest. Yeah, look, he, and he was running. He ran a nice line off Trindle for his try, which was some really soft defence. Um, and he also ran a really nice line off Trindle for that Talakai run as well. Now, in terms of metres, he made 98 metres, which isn't outstanding. Um, and he did it off 11 runs, I think. Or 13 runs. But 32 from 32 tackles. Um, that that's that's the big thing for mine. If if Nakora is not going to sit there and get his hands dirty in in the run, and and you know what, he's not a Talakai. He's not a guy who's going to go and get you 150 meters. Maybe we just need to accept that he is a guy who's just going to be a, a runner. But you know, if he can be like a Wade Graham and ball play as well, he does add that value, and it allows Talakai to come off the bench. Uh, Greg Alexander nailed our bench in the commentary. And he said the same thing that you and I have been saying for weeks now. If Cronulla can stem the bleeding in the opening 20 minutes, we have the best bench in the competition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely agree. I don't uh, think there's anyone along, close. Along with Penrith, we, in terms of productivity that you get off our bench from Talakai, Rudolph, and now Royce Hunt, we have the best bench in the competition. Yeah, agreed. I also, with Nakora, not every forward can make 150 metres. There's not that many metres available. For him to get just on 100 and... Try assist, try, and I think he had a line break assist as well, or something, something like that. That's a bloody he had good the line shift. Mr. Will Kennedy. There you go. That's a bloody good shift on the right, and you know, like you said, he's not, he's not Italikai. He's a different player. We had two ball playing wide runners and five incredible straightforward middle forwards. So, you know, we we should be beating the better sides, and we'll talk about that later. But we. We outdid the Cowboys quite convincingly. We should have had another try. Dugan was two metres to come back. He was short. We should have had, I know we blew another try, or maybe maybe we didn't. I, I can't remember. It's a long time ago now. But we should have scored more points, and we shouldn't have conceded that late try. That was garbage time. Um, yeah, I, I, was, I was really disappointed that they took uh, Braden Trindle's try off him because it was really clever to run in and not touch Jesse Rainey and just rip the ball off him and score. Um, but, yeah, it was unfortunate that uh, Sorensen um, played the ball and, and stayed where he, where he was. He didn't really need to move, and it turned out in the end he did. Um, the other person that I want to give a shout-out to for his ball playing was Aaron Woods. Yeah, he was passing the ball. What? Where the hell did that come from? In one half of football, Aaron Woods produced the same stats as Luke Brooks has this season. Ridiculous. And doesn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> the Tigers kept the long half back. 
Yeah, I know. Woodsy was incredible. 154 metres, one missed tackle, no penalties. That's, no, I don't believe that. That's got to be. No errors, no penalties. One missed, oh, sorry, two missed tackles, 154 metres, a line break assist and a try assist. And people weren't even talking about him and their top three players on, on, you know, (laughs) that first half that he put in was sexy. Was good. I don't have the stats in front of me. I, I was judging this game off being 100 metres off the sideline. But Woodsy was very, very good. And one thing I did notice was that you weren't yelling, oh, God, Aaron, which means he's had a good game. Yeah, the other thing for Aaron Woods as well is he made a lot of post-contact. Sorry, Woods didn't miss a tackle. He made a lot of post-contact metres, but no errors, no penalties conceded. That is the one. And as well, he diffused a kick. So that's <laughs> that's something that... Um, that's outstanding for him. He actually had two line break assists because he put Scott Sorensen through a hole as well. That's I remember Sorrow running through. We we turned up right on kickoff and we were looking for Jack Williams and couldn't find him. Took us a while to notice it was Sorensen from that far away. Um, they got similar body types, but Sorensen's about a million times better looking. He um yeah when he made that break, I was like, holy crap, what the hell is going on? Woods to Sorensen, like where? Yeah. Huh? How does that happen? I'm not sure. Um, I'll tell you what, you, you said that there weren't many you know, bad players for us. I don't think there was a bad player for us. As I said, we, we kind of went through the motions. Obviously, Mulatalo you know, needs to learn to trust Josh Dugan defensively because Dugan is one of, if not the best defensive centres in the competition. Um, I was really disappointed with Connor Tracy at 5'8". I know he scored a try. But on the fifth tackle, when the ball went to him, he either threw the pass away Graham for a really rushed kick, or his kicking game was really ordinary. I didn't notice. I, from what I saw, kind of played okay, but it looked to be the Trindle show live. Yeah, look, Connor played. You're right. Connor played okay. He did his job. He got the ball away Graham. He ran a really nice line for off away Graham with about five minutes to go in the first half, and he nearly broke through. And he probably scores untouched with his pace that he had because Val was completely out of position but it's just more I, I i'd sort of judge a half if they're not you know if they're not the main half it's what what are they doing to allow their other half or their other playmakers to get in the game and he was forcing the ball to wait graham a lot and he's and as i said his, his fifth tackle kicking options were just not that good the the the, the cowboys once drink water went into the six and they had valentine holmes at fullback and justin o'neill and cole fell to the back You've got the weakness at, at Justin O'Neill, but we put in shit kicks to him. You know, yeah, he's, he's going to swallow them all day. He's an international player. He is. Yeah, I, I like I said, it was not something we picked up live. We were more worried about trying not to get kicked in the back of the head when we scored by the by the cheer girls. But, uh, yeah, look, O'Connor wasn't one that was getting a lot of attention on Twitter, so that probably says it all. Yeah, look, as I said, he wasn't bad, but he wasn't good. Um, and I think for, you know, I know Ronaldo had the two brain snaps and he tried to get the quick play of the ball. And the Cowboys were really trying to fire Ronaldo up to get a reaction out of him. This is the first time I've seen an opposition team slapping Ronaldo in the head and him not reacting. So that shows, you know, there is growth in him. And he made that break, you know, nearly scored. Um, yeah, I just, I, you know, as I said, you're kind of now nitpicking to see what someone did wrong in this game. And it probably shows just how, how you know, how good we did play despite being down on troops. Um, you know, we had $3 million worth of talent in our halves on the sideline. Yeah, big, big money. When Johnson yeah. was ruled out, I thought, like, I was still confident we were going to win. 
because we have proven we're better than the bad teams. But I thought it dragged us back, and you never know how rookie halves are going to go. You know, we, we know all the skills that both possess, but you just don't know. And it just takes a Holmes or a Morgan to be on, and it completely changes the game. They weren't, but we, we did enough, and I thought, um, pretty impressive. It was an entertaining game live. I would have yeah. I wanted another try or two, and I thought we had one in Dugan, and Trindle was the other one, you're right. Um, but look, I was I was pretty happy overall, and we were all in a good mood throughout the game, which didn't happen against the Titans. I was in a shit mood for about 60 minutes, so... Pretty job, job done, which is pretty much what we needed. Yeah, look, I, I watched the game at Club Menai, um, and I didn't watch it with commentary because we were sitting in the, the dinner section. We had um, my six-week-old nephew with us, so we weren't allowed to go into the, into the sports part where they have the commentary on. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a game where you were just sitting there punching the table and going, fuck, this is frustrating. It actually looked like a fun game, and it looked like, you know, it looked like Braden Trindle really went out there to show that, he is the halfback of the future for the club. And it really, you know, him and Will Kennedy, you know, you got one guy fighting to stay as our halfback and you've got another guy fighting to make sure that Moylan doesn't come in and take his spot. Those two are absolutely brilliant. And it was, you're right, it was a fun game. I watched the replay today for the first time with um, with a bit of commentary and yeah, you just couldn't help but hear the commentator, like, you know, Greg Alexander is a notorious Sharks hater. And even he was saying that, Cronulla have got enough talent, they just don't have enough belief in themselves. Fair call, too. I agree with that. I, I think, you know, you're right. We're, we're better than all the teams below us. There's no doubt about that. We've dropped two games to shit teams that we shouldn't have. But years gone by, that's never been the problem for Cronulla. Like that, that's, sorry, that's been the problem for Cronulla is we've been able to go and beat Melbourne and then the following week go and get fucking trolleyed by the Gold Coast. This year, we're beating the teams that we need to to get in the top eight. Now we need. Now we need to. We talked about it before the Penrith game. Now we need that scalp, right? I think we're better. I think we're better than the Newcastle Knights. We've got more talent than the Newcastle Knights. I think we're better than South, and I probably put us on par with the Raiders as well. But we just don't believe that we can do that at the moment. We we haven't had that win. That's why. What yeah. what happened to Jesse Ramian? We saw him go off, come on, and go off. So he, I mean, that referee was a bit shit on the weekend. We put a kick in. It came off, uh, came off Ramian's peck, and he called it a knock on. And he had a head clash with Valentine Holmes, and somehow Ramian was the only one who had to go in for the HIA. And then he uh, he came back on, and he just looked groggy. Ah, uh, gotcha. Didn't going pass. going into the second, he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he played the second half. We started the second half with Talakai at centre. Um, and it was probably more just that, you know, you're up 16-6. The Cowboys aren't offering anything. Morgan's gone for the game. Just rest up, Jess. Go and, go and absolutely trolley the Knights this week. That's it. Have a schnitzel and uh, enjoy. Um, Dugan got injured as well late, or did they did they just take him off? It was another one. We were just too far away. He hurt his knee just before half time. He made that run and got stripped, and his knee just got caught awkwardly. Um, and then he had another run... And, he, and again, his, his knee got caught awkward. It's just, it's what it is with Josh Dugan now. He's 100 miles an hour into the line, and that's why he gets hurt. And, you know, it's not as if he's ever had ACL injuries or shoulder dislocations or anything like that. It's more just he puts his body on the line for every play. Um, and, we, yeah, we just took him off late. That's fair call. Um, I want to talk about the opposition for a second. Valentine Holmes, yeah. has a player... 
I know he took the gap year, which was dumb. I would sack his management so quickly. He always wanted to go back to the Cowboys. He took a year for a... He was never going to make a squad. Let, let's be dead set honest. He was never going to make it in a year anyways. If he stuck with it two or three, there's a one in a million chance. Completely wasted a year. Completely changed his body type. Has come back slow and disinterested. A couple weeks ago when he was put on the wing, I noticed he goes into the dummy half and he complains to the referee so someone has to go in and take the ball and take the, the hard hit up. I noticed that again on the weekend. Every time the ball kicked to him, he threw to Felt or O'Neill. Or he just ran up and just took the tackle. For Cronulla, you know, he was never the greatest fullback in his positioning was, was dog shit. But every time he touched the ball, you got the feeling that he was going to break the line and score a try. I, probably two or three games this year, I've had that feeling with Val. But since he got injured, I honestly would sit him for the rest of the season and say rest up for next year because there's getting fucking nothing out of him this year. Yeah, I, I, I put it out on Twitter. Has a player ever made the uh, a more terrible decision for their career than... Awesome. That's right, we're just bagging Val Holmes. Terry's just dropped off. I think what he was going to say, has anyone ever made a worse fucking decision in terms of his career? And the answer is no. Uh, look, Jared Hain did it. Hain went across with far, far more games under his belt, far more experience, with a bigger body. You know, in NFL, you don't you can be quick, but you got to be big and quick. Val had to put a lot of muscle on, and he sacrificed a lot of speed. Then, when Hain came back, he had less size to lose, whereas Val had to lose it again. And he comes back, and he looks like a New South Wales Cup player who used to be good, and that. As much as we bag Val, and I boot him every time he touches the ball in the second half, uh, I want to see the best for him because he's one of the most exciting players in the competition. Yeah, I sorry, just uh, my, my neighbour came knocking on the door then, so I had to, to mute the uh, the podcast. Um, I put it out on Twitter, has a player ever made a, a worse career choice than Valentine Holmes? Now, you get the Jared Hayne uh, biting the girl on the fanny. That's not a career choice. That's a dumb choice. Uh, Jack DeBellum his name was made as well. Again, that's not a career choice. That was an alcohol-infused dumb choice. The, the the choice that Valentine Holmes made, I get it. He'd won an origin. Oh, he's won origins. He's won a premiership. He's won the World Cup. He completed rugby league, right? But you're right. He wanted to go back to the Cowboys, and he didn't want to play another year for Cronulla. Why, I don't know. He had finally established himself as a fullback. In his final year with us, he scored 21 tries or 22 tries and had 10 assists and was looking like a fullback. His positioning, as you said, wasn't the best, but it was getting there. If he had stayed one more year at Cronulla and then gone to the Cowboys, he would probably be three or four times the player. He didn't give the NFL enough enough of a go, and he's come back now and he looks too big, too bulky, too slow, too predictable. As well, he had 14 runs for 117 meters and four errors. <laughs> it's very unval, Holmes, isn't it? He, he, 180 is a is a low game for Val. Yeah, look, I, I I can't I can't think of a player that had has made a worse decision. Now, it looked like Jesse Ramian had made a bad decision going to Newcastle because that was just all kinds of poor. But I'm really throwing it out into the universe. Has a player in the NRL made a worse decision for their career based on sporting-wise 
not off-field, sporting-wise, than Valentine Holmes. I don't think there has been a, a player that's that's done that worse. I can't think of anything. No. Yeah. Uh, someone, someone said Sonny Bill Williams, and I was like, how? Yeah. He's won World Cups with the All Blacks. He won a premiership with the Roosters. He got paid $10 million to go to Toronto, and he got to leave the fucking Bulldogs. Yeah, he's... That's a different, different world. Sonny Bill, I don't like his decisions, but they've all been spot on. He, he His manager, Coda, that prick, needs to go manage Val because Val making some stupid, stupid decisions. Yeah. Uh, have you got anything else for, for the game, Dan? I don't. I do want to give a quick shout-out to a few people that were there on Saturday. Oh, sorry. One, one last person. Big Sexy, Katoa. Oh. Oh, I love him. Katoa, and he's, he's loud, or he's louder on the field. You can actually hear him now. Could score a try from anywhere and even makes easy put-downs look sexy. Um, again, he could have stepped Scott Drinkwater and scored <laughs> close to the post, but he had to make it look sexy. He did, and I'm here for it, mate. I, I'm never going to bag him for that. It looks so good. <laughs> Uh, so who are your shout-outs that you have to give? Because you got absolutely rinsed during the game. I did good fun. Look, Dutch, the um, you know Nate, he he was great fun, and he, he made sure everyone went home. And that that's you know one of those serious shout-outs that you can drop people close to home, but you're never sure. So dropping them home is fantastic. My brother came in for a drink and had an absolute ball of a night. He was fantastic, and slipped me a fifty that he won from the pokies, which um. Didn't help my headache the next morning. Uh, and Damien, mate, that guy, um, avid listener of the podcast, he was one of very few that actually asked me last week, hey, what's doing? So I feel like we got to be good for a third of our listenership. He was great fun, but he did make the fatal error of turning up with a drink and not offering his partner one, which made me laugh, and i got to thank him for that. Cool. Uh, now, can you explain the decision not to hang out with Rich Ossington, even though that is probably the correct decision? Well, doesn't need explaining. So the official line is, same with Vossin, same with Jimmy. We're on the hill, there's eight of us, there's two of you. You come to us. And yeah. he wanted to sit in the stands like grand fancy pants Rich Ossington. Um, look, I know the guy is used to the finer things in life, and he probably had a private butler and a, you know, who knows what else. But, um, yeah, I was more than happy to hang on the hill like the scum, and he just would lower himself to my my standards, uh, and that's pretty much it. And then, to be totally honest, when you get to the clubhouse, I had no um, no reception, so I couldn't text him let him know I wasn't coming. And by that stage, I'd had enough and got dropped home. So, Richie's loss. Yeah, sounds like a great night I had by you. Great night. You got dropped, didn't have to hang out with Richie. Two, two wins. Norvossi, so three from three. Yeah, oh, brilliant. Uh, so let's move on to this game. We are playing the Newcastle Knights up in Newcastle. Uh, no Sean Johnson, but Chad Townsend is back this week. Um, Kennedy, Mulatalo, Katoa, Dugan, Ramian, Trindle, Townsend, Woods, Braley, Ueli, uh, Nakora, Graham, Rudolph named at Lockie, won't start there. Tracy Sorensen, Talakai Hunt is the bench with Williams, Goodwin, Wilton and Fafida. Uh, do you think Fafita comes in for Connor Tracy, or do we play with that uh, <laughs> utility on the bench? I do. I was actually going to ask you. I think he comes in because he has to. Um, Connor's a. I know he, last time we said that he played really well, but if you got those two halves, you leave him for eighty minutes, and Braley's an eighty-minute hooker. Uh, if there's an injury somewhere, we've got players that can move. Wade Graham can play in the halves, and you put um, Talakai out wide. I can't see any reason that Connor should come in. Like, stay stay there, rather. I'm all for Fafita. I know he's not going to have a huge impact because his minutes have been decreased. But I think Fafita for 10 to 15 minutes, 
is far more advantageous to us than putting Connor on because you've named him and you've got to play him. Yeah, I'm with you there. Look, Blake Braley played 80 minutes last weekend and played 80 minutes really well. If Blake Braley gets hurt or needs a rest, Scott Sorensen can play there. Chad Townsend can play there. Wade Graham can play there. Mm -hmm. Someone can fill in somewhere. I think Connor Tracy is a good player, but I just don't think that he is needed for this game. I look back to when we named Royce Hunt, Fafida, Talakai, and Toby on the bench against the Bulldogs. And that game against the Bulldogs, Fafida played 38 minutes off the bench, and Royce Hunt played 17 minutes off the bench. Those roles have to be reversed now. Mm-hmm. Royce Hunt is the 38 minutes. Fafida is the 17 minutes. Now, there are things that Fafida adds to this team without him even playing. He's, he's a big voice. He's a big leader. Uh, he's very well respected, and he's still intimidating. He's a big frame. But, you know, Braley kicked that 40-20 on the weekend. He's up off the bench telling everyone to run forward, get the play going. He's in there, he, you know, guess he was a little bit east-west and not enough north-south, but he's hard to tackle, he's always looking for an offload, he breaks a hell of a lot of tackles still, his defence was fine, yeah, he was a little bit ginger, his hand was taped or whatever, I think you just get more having to feed it in the game day squad to Connor Tracy. Absolutely, he is such a, the guy bleeds black, white and blue. He's. A, I know he wasted some time playing for the Tigers, still can't believe they let him go by the way. But he is coming. He, he's Cronulla for life. And, you know, even past his retirement, he's going to be one of those players that's always around the squad. He needs to be there. Definitely agree that he ran sideways a bit much. But for Fafita running sideways and any other forward in the competition running sideways, completely different because Fafita's got that ability to break the tackle, get the ball off and start us on our way. I think it's a no-brainer and I'd be very, very surprised in Friday if that change doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I think so as well. Look, Fafita had 23 minutes on the weekend. He had 11 runs for 82 metres. He had no penalties, no errors, six tackle breaks and an offload. Like, Perfect. He offers something. He still offers something to this team. He, he, it's not going to be 2016 Fafita or 2017 Fafita, you know, where, when he was the, the best pop in the competition and, you know, a, a top three forward in the competition. But he still gives you something from just being there. And also as well, if if Woods goes down or if Ueli goes down or Royce Hunt goes down, you've got you've got him there as your backup. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, it I, makes I all the sense in the world. Plus, we yeah. we need to be we need to be Newcastle, and our best chance yeah. of beating Newcastle is for feeder in the squad. Yeah. Uh, now the Knights have named Ponga uh, fullback. Hamel Hunt, Stafford Tower on the wings. Two allow Shibasaki in the centres. Lino and Pierce are the halves. Uh, Safidi, is that Daniel or Jacob? I think Jacob. Uh, I Dan's still out. Yeah. Uh, Clemmer and Man in the front row. Guerra, Fitzgibbon and Barnett in the back row. Crossland, SASE, King and Jones. Um, it's not the most intimidating team, and it's a side that we can get out. I think we, we, we match them well in the forwards. And our back line is better than theirs. So it's one of them things as well. If we can keep the game close in the 20, our bench will take over. They're 1-7 and seven are the only places they're better than us. And I will, I'll fight for that. I think we get them everywhere else across the park. Their 1-7 and seven are their big, 
big players. If they both play well, then you know we're going to have to be really, really good. I'd feel better if Johnson was there. But if Chad can just steer us around, let Trindle do the, the tricky stuff, and we just get on him early in the forwards, Clem is good, but he's not He's not going to bust out a fence. You know, he's, he's not the, the Jarab Hargraves or the Fisher Harris. He's not going to do that to us. I don't... Guerra, we, should, we shouldn't lose the battle out wide. Our wingers shouldn't lose... We shouldn't lose many aerial battles, to be honest. Probably the only two shorter wingers in the game than ours from memory. I just... We've got an advantage. Our centers are far superior to theirs in a big, big way. And I think our bench is like five times theirs. So there's really no excuse to lose this week. I know we said it last week, we need a scout. But this is a game because I've got eight teams worse than us and six better with one on par, and that's Newcastle. If we can't beat Newcastle this weekend, you know, what what good is making the finals? Because we're going to play someone of their standard in round one. Yeah. Um, I think we're better than Newcastle, and I, I, I put us on parcel around the, the Rabbitohs and, and Raiders of the, you know, the, the five to eight. But I agree with you. I think, I think Clemmer could also be, in terms of his impact and how he runs, because he just runs hard and straight, and he will probably make 200 metres, right? But the other side feed, he's not going to do the damage. Lachlan Fitzgibbon and Guerra aren't better than Wade Graham and Britton Nakora. Um, Scott Sorensen and Mitch Barnett, whatever. Barnett's a bit more of a workhorse, but you've really got to compare Barnett to Toby because that's going to be the, the guy who's going to play the most minutes there. Um yeah, I, look, I, I, I agree with you. I think that the 1 and 7 are the the key to them. And if we can get on top of them early, then they won't be interested in the game. Um, I think Mitchell Pearce is far too inconsistent in terms of his best game and his worst game. We saw his worst game on the weekend. And the same as Ponga. You can't give Ponga an early sniff because if you give him an early sniff and you get him to have that, you know, to, to make the stamp on the game... He's a momentum player, and once he gets momentum in that game, you can't wrestle it back off of him. It's hard like, to stop, yeah. Yeah, he's a freakish talent that once he's on, you can't stop it. We've we've shut him down well recently. I know one of the times Luke Lewis like sent him to Disneyland with a shoulder. Um, you know, I I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest doing that again. But hit him early and hit him often, and. He, jump, he does this thing where he jumps up for the ball even if no one's within QE of him. Get close and yell at him. If he looks, he'll knock the ball on. He, he's not the best hands in the game. I think um, Trindle's the key. His, his bombs will be real good. If Chad just holds his side, I think we'll be okay this weekend. I wasn't confident of beating Pen, um, Parramatta or Penrith. I'm much more confident this week in beating Newcastle because I think we're right on par with them. Yeah, look, and going on recent history, last year they beat us in the only game that we played them in round one off of Chad Townsend intercept. It's been all Cronulla for a long, long period. The last time we lost them was in 2014. Yeah. So it, it's nothing new that, that we have, you know, we, we've been a bit of a bogey side for Newcastle at the moment. And I think that our form has been a bit more, like I know they're ahead by one point on the, the ladder to us at the moment. But our form has been a lot better in terms of our consistency. Like, the Knights have lost to the shit teams, whereas we haven't. We just haven't beaten a big team yet. And I think that if we can get them and then roll the Warriors, we do have a little bit of a, a tougher run home with, with the Roosters and the Raiders. 
but you know, you, you if you it, genuinely, if you can beat Newcastle and you can beat the Warriors, stem the bleeding against the um, the Roosters, and then you know go down and play the Raiders, you might be playing the Raiders twice. Yeah, you know, back to weeks in Canberra. Big chance. So you're gonna find out where you are pretty quickly. But yeah, I think I you know I, I agree with you that. There isn't much to this Newcastle team that can stop us. Put it, if Sean Johnson plays, we win this game 13 plus. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think we're we're too good for them. This um like oh, I just can't stress enough how close these two teams are and how like everything across the board says that Cronulla should beat them. I know we're away from home and Newcastle can be a difficult place to go. They will have a lopsided crowd, but it won't be massive because of the restrictions. I just, we're going to have to play badly to lose. And, you know, if we do, then we've only got ourselves to blame, I suppose. But we win this game, we're in the eight. We go up there. Newcastle aren't a side like Penrith. Penrith intimidated us. We got flogged by them earlier in the season. We went out there. And not for a second did one of our players think we could beat them. Parramatta got the same feeling, and plus the rain didn't help. we got to go to Newcastle believing we can beat them. They're not a top-four side by any stretch. A win... Guarantees his finals. A loss in a, a Warriors win means next week's game is an absolute must win. Every bit of effort's got to go into this week. And if we do get beaten, it can't be one of those blowout scores or I would just forfeit the rest of the season, save the money and fuck off to like Queensland when the borders open back up. Yeah, look, the, the, the thing about us and the Warriors at the moment is that we have a far superior for and against to them. So even if we lose this game, you know, the essentially the Warriors need to win three of their last four. Um, and, we, you know, it would mean that we would need to lose all four. Now, we're a big shot of doing that, but you need to we, – we need to win this game. We need to win this game. I don't care if we win it by a point, penalty goal – a try, an unconverted try, or, or by 20 or 30 points. But you just need to make a statement and, and make a point that we are better than this side. On paper, our squad is far superior to theirs. Everywhere. One and seven alone, but hopefully Pierce has one of his off games. And like you said, if Newcastle aren't 12 nil up, Ponga isn't a pest like he is when they are 12 nil up. Yeah, I know. But the other thing as well is that if we, you know, if we name Sean Johnson this week and you, you put Sean Johnson in the seven and Townsend in the six, then they've really only got Ponga that's better than us. Um, you know, because uh, Townsend's better than Mason Leno, as, as surprising as it is to say, and Johnson's in way better form than Mitchell Pearce. My only concern now with Sean Johnson, I'm glad we're bringing him up, is that this is the third week that he's missed. Um coming back next week against the Warriors. Is he going to have the rust? Is he going to be fine? Are we just taking precautions with him? It's a really it's a really strange one, and it's one thing that I think that maybe the club are doing it just to, to, you know, to keep everyone guessing, but there's been no communication. First of all, he was out with a groin strain. Now it's a hamstring strain. Uh, first of all, he was out because of his baby and he had, had no sleep. What's going on with him? Is there more underlying issues today? Uh, sorry, yesterday we only found out Matt Moylan played the, the Penrith and, and Parramatta game with a torn hamstring. Yet, Braden Trindle missed the game. Yeah, it's not uh, It's not good. Sharks have got a shark, mate. Every every year there's something negative. And you're right about Johnson. We don't know what's going on. And CEO was, I mean, um, physio was all over it. But 
he was only guessing on what, what's got out there. So I'm, I'm a little bit worried that they keep pushing it back because he was only supposed to miss one week and now it's three. Yeah, I mean, he was supposed to miss the Penrith game because his kid was born. Yeah, was, that, was that the one? He didn't train enough, yeah, to convince him he'd overcome the injury. Yeah, and then last weekend it was um, he only just uh, failed because he, he hadn't trained enough to prove that his groin was strong, and now they're saying that he's got a hamstring strain. So if that's another week or two out, you know, you don't really want your best playmaker to be missing four weeks in the lead-up to the finals. If he misses this weekend and next weekend, his final two games are the Roosters and the Raiders, and that's probably, you know, do you really want to bring him back for those games as well, undercooked, or, over, you know, what, what's happening? Yeah, we've got to get him back in because we can't do damage in the finals without him. And he was the form half until Cleary took over. I know Cleary's going to win the Daly M now. He's you know got an unassailable lead. But Johnson was just behind him. So yeah. it's pretty I, I, important. I mean, Bill, he's, he's missed what, two or three games of footy and no one's getting close to his tries anyway. Yeah, he's, he's just freakish talent. Like he's yeah. the difference between us finishing eighth and us doing damage. So yeah. we got to get it right. But yeah, it is a little bit worrying that you bring it up. Well, let's uh, let's end this podcast on a high, Dan, and just, just talk about it. Uh, we were the ones who introduced everybody to Toby Rudolph on our podcast, and Toby is sticking around with the Sharks, and it just makes me smile. It does make me smile, and I like to think that he's only sticking around because we keep pestering him to stick around. Yeah, uh, and a big shout-out to, uh, to Gaz as well because he cops my spam every day. I send him a nice little announced Toby tweet, so... Um, just hurry up and do it, would you, Gaz? I know, Gaz. Come on, stop leaving us. He, he is good fun. He puts up... He smiles a lot at us, so I think he's yeah. just like, wait till these guys go away. But oh, He's starting to troll get out of me now, and I really don't like it. He's, he's starting to what, sorry? He's starting to troll me. I really don't like it. Uh, look, that's a fair call, and we do open ourselves up. But this is... When Toby does does hit the website, um, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a cartwheel as bad as it'll be because that is a huge piece of the puzzle moving forward. Yeah, my pants will be off when that is announced. So uh, let's just end the night with a Hail Toby Rudolph. Hail Toby.